rest is alcohol with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Vores. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Rest is Alcohol. My name is Lyle Fulton. I'm joined, as I always am, by the absolutely brilliant Jackie Vores. And we are joined this week, listeners, on The Rest is Alcohol by the absolutely wonderful Ben Williams. Now, Ben has been a guest on our podcast previously, The Rest is PR. And we were really, really keen for him to be one of our first guests on this new spin-off podcast, The Rest is Alcohol, all about, as I promised I would do to Jackie the last time I recorded, because I'm going to introduce the podcast properly this time, all about the area of alcohol, alcoholism, you know, if that's something that you've suffered with in the past, the area of sort of, you know, not drinking if you've never drunk before in in your life if you've drunk in the past and then sort of stopped drinking for whatever reason gone teetotal we also welcome people from charities from breweries every corner of the alcohol landscape and we're delighted to have ben with us this week so ben first things first how are you doing mate great to have you back on the podcast thank you so much for for being with us today thank you thanks for having me yeah no i'm dandy today i'm all good it was nice just to call jackie up yesterday for a quick catch-up which was actually quite a long catch-up and lots what? of things were discussed on that call. And one of the things was, Ben, would you like to come on this new podcast format we've got? And I said, <laughs> absolutely. So I'm good. Since we last spoke, I moved to Brighton. So I'm in a co-working space in Brighton right now, So, which is where Jackie's from. Jackie's from Brighton. I yeah. So uh, life's good. Can't complain at yeah. all. Wonderful ben was stuff. at my wedding. Ben came to the wedding with his lovely wife, yep. Ruth. Yeah. And uh, as, as was Lyle. <laughs> I was there. I was there. All in Brighton. Uh, all in Brighton, all in Brighton. And actually, I'm thinking about it now. Ben was at the wedding. And I think I must have been like busy looking after like equal parts Ludo and people on my table. <laughs> we didn't really catch up properly. And then I left because actually, and it's interesting when it comes to this particular episode of the podcast, I wasn't really drinking that day. I'd sort of, I'd taken a bit of a break off of alcohol the month prior to that. And then I was sort of the designated, not sort of, I was a designated driver on the way back from Jackie's wedding there and back. So allowed my wife to sort of have a couple of glasses of Prosecco. Say allowed. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Where are we living? It's 2024. My wife had some glasses of Prosecco <laughs> because she's her own person and all power to her. And I... some slight insight into your life. Oh no, there well, goes well. the duck out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because actually we were delighted to sort of hear that you were keen to come on the podcast because when we spoke to you on The Rest is PR yours and Jackie's experiences with alcohol relationships with alcohol kind of occurred at the same time kind of time wise you know in 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 terms of how you changed your relationship how you changed your perspective I mean in as far as you're comfortable and and we always know you're you're very open with us which we're very grateful for I mean can you explain what led to that change when it was like your experiences with alcohol it throughout your life really yeah happy to talk about it and um you know I was brought up in Birmingham in the 80s you know, I came from a long line of heavy drinking uncles and grandparents on one side of the family, at least, not not the other on my dad's side. So kind of like drinking was always part of the culture growing up. And um, I actually lost my dad to alcoholism in 1999. So he, he died of pretty much, I won't go into detail, but of, of an alcohol related death. So I knew that there was a, you know, a generational thing that was going on. But I kind of you know, Jackie, you'll you'll appreciate this. You know, working having worked for VNU back in the day, I moved to London quite soon after my dad had died and got straight into a career in sales, straight into Haymarket. Did four and a half, five years at Haymarket. Then off to VNU doing media sales. That was a good three years. You know, this is like early noughties. You know, where 
Everyone was still smoking in pubs. No one was talking about longevity or was sober curious. It was very, very different times then. And long story short, I stopped drinking in, in 2019 after basically it had started to have a very, very negative impact on my health. So much so I, you know, took myself off to a treatment centre to get myself tested and checked out. The doctors were, the advice from the doctors were, you know, you've, you know, you'd, you'd really benefit from, from abstinence and sobriety. And pretty much since then, since then I've been sober. So Kiln literally turned five. My business Kiln turned five this month. I've also turned five years sober this month as well. And I think- Thank you, thank you very much. And we'll talk about what life can look like without alcohol. But the last thing I ever want to do when I'm, you know, because, you know, I've got lots of friends that most of my friends drink. They just don't have a problem with mm. drink. Right. But when I'm kind of like mentoring people who know I'm sober and come to me with questions who are sober curious, I never intend to be preachy or anything like that at all, because everyone's very different. I, I fall into that 4.5 percent of people that have problematic sort of relationship with alcohol there's 95.5 percent of the population that probably just need to have just a slightly better relationship with alcohol and we'll come on to that in a moment some of the tips and advice that I give to people but given where I got to especially in 2018 and the advice I was given by doctors I made the conscious decision to, to completely abstain from drugs alcohol anything in that mind-altering sort of state and life has been, you know, I got sober at 42, I'm 47, I'm 48 this year, and I feel I feel incredible. But again, I don't want to say that in a preachy way, you know, in comparison, I felt dreadful sort of in the years leading up to 2018, but now I feel, I feel very fresh and uh, able to run a business, scale it internationally and work with all sorts of different clients. Yeah, we were talking about the stresses of business yesterday when we were yes. doing our catch up. Ben and I usually sort of do a little bit of a, a stress swap because um, I don't know about Ben, but certainly for me, Ben's one of the people that I trust and I will say everything as it is and he'll go, okay, you got through it, well done. And one of the um, things he said to me was, okay, you got through it, well done, and you didn't drink. <laughs> and you wouldn't have got through it if you had been drinking. We, we totally agreed on that. But I wanted to say to you, because I don't think I've ever asked you this, when you did stop, because I don't call it giving up, I call it stopping. When you stopped, yeah. did you feel an immediate benefit or did it take a while? It's weird. It kind of goes, I mean, again, this won't be the same experience for everyone because I was a I was a heavy drinker. So for me, it was a bit different. Like coming off alcohol, suddenly I had more my mornings back. I had lots more energy, lots more time and things like that. Mm. What I needed to adjust to was social situations and it took a while to kind of like thaw out and be able to kind of really appreciate being sober in social situations. But from outside of social situations, I, you know, I got a routine back. I got all my hobbies back. I got more importantly, I got my relationships back. That's the main thing. All my, mm. There's this famous interview between Jeremy Paxman and David Bowie back in probably about 1999. It was the famous interview where he was talking about his predictions for the internet. I'll share it in the comments section when you post it. Oh, that. that'd be good. And yeah. Jeremy Paxman said to David Bowie, you know, could you ever consider drinking again? And David Bowie says, no, I'm an alcoholic. You know, to drink would be to die. 
And he, the thing that really resonated with me was why would he blow up all the relationships that he's managed to, to secure now? You know, I mean, we're talking mm. about wives, you know, husbands, depending on what gender you are, your brothers, your sisters, your friends, your parents, all that stuff. So it's sort of to answer your question, apologies, in a long-winded way, I felt it took a while for me to figure out how to socialise again. But the rest of it, oh my gosh, yeah, everything came back into focus uh, quite quickly, actually. And I was able to just feel much better about myself without having the crutch of drugs and alcohol that was really holding mm. me back and starting to starting to kill me, actually. It's really mm. interesting, actually, that you say as well, you talk about relationships and a big thing for us, I think, when it comes to starting this podcast, Jackie and I, is, and I'm really pleased for the first part as well, that you said, oh, you know, I don't like to be preachy very appreciative as well that you caveat everything by saying that people people's experiences will be very very different and yeah. this is my own unique set of circumstances and other people's relationships and experiences will be very very different but actually it's interesting you talk about relationships and how those have improved and you've been able to keep yeah. those and sustain those relationships in a way that was difficult before you stopped and you sort of came off alcohol as it were <laughs> because actually what Jackie and I are very very keen to express and you know impress upon people is that you've been able to sustain those relationships and those relationships have improved because yeah. your relationship with alcohol changed. And we talk yeah. about this relationship with alcohol as well. And it's interesting you mentioned that statistic, 95.5% of people would benefit from sort of changing their outlook before 4.5% of people have a bit of a problem with it and have sort of these addictive personalities. It does all once again boil down to that relationship with it and how you kind of look at the bigger picture as well as just the having the actual thing in your hand. There's more yeah. to this whole podcast there's more to this whole area of life than just thing in your hand thing goes into your mouth etc it's a, a lot more complex than that a lot more layered than that and I don't think there's even really a question here it's more just to sort of you mm. know express my gratitude for you saying you know and sort of framing it this mm. way because it does it does boil down to relationships and, and these social situations I mean how did you find there is a question here actually how did you find those social situations improved what what sort of strategies did you use or did it sort of just happen organically where you sort of found yourself being more comfortable being the sober version of yourself it was quite a change actually because people were very used to me being like the life and soul of the party and the one that would kind of lead stag dudes off into crazy directions <laughs> and I'd be the last man standing and you know the yada 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 so but my best friends you know my very best friends people that I've known for a very long time knew I wasn't well I was coming off the back of a divorce as well it was classic midlife crisis stuff you know it's all classic stuff and you know two or three like very very dear friends were were very there for me in like the very early stages as I kind of tra transitioned I found that I did lose some friends but they were the friends that probably needed to go anyway and actually that's quite healthy because you you know you open the door and some stuff leaves but then new relationships come back in which is which is fantastic but going on to that very specific question about look I think if you're going to stop drinking or sober curious the issue that I had back then in 2019 and it has evolved actually in those five years mm. right I was almost like a little bit ashamed that I'd stopped drinking and I couldn't really admit to people that I um I wasn't drinking alcohol anymore so I'd make up all these looking back these mad sort of like oh, I'm training for this or I'm I'm on medic, I'm on antibiotics because I just for whatever reason didn't have the confidence to say, look, I've had a problem with alcohol and I've stopped drinking. I've made the decision to stop drinking. Today, though, in 2024, you know, if you look at 
you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Inclusion is across the board, right? So inclusion includes people that are alcoholics, recovering drug addicts, and so on and so forth. So the environment's very different now. So what I would say mm. to people that are super curious is to just say it with confidence to people, whether you're in a client work situation, whether you're in a social situation, you're at a wedding or something like that, and you're meeting people for the first time. In today's environment, it would be very unusual for someone to see it as a negative that you're not drinking or to kind of pick at you for that. So I think it's much safer out there now, very much so. But I think, look, just hang around with people. I think this is what I've learned anyway. Like I, I've stopped expending energy on relationships that weren't working for me anyway, that were kind of fueled by drugs and alcohol. So the relationships I've got around, around me now, they know I don't drink. I still go to the pub. I still go and play snooker and pool and I still do this and that. But I just do it with a non-alcoholic beer or a something else you know i've got friends that still you know occasionally double with recreational drugs and occasionally over drink but that's their life and i love them to bits and mm. they're financially in social situations so i guess i guess a, I'll, I'll finish on this a big piece of advice is don't if you're going to stop drinking yourself don't judge other people if they continue yeah. that's the very much the important thing because it's a personal journey i only ever get involved with friends when i know that they've got a problem and I can see it affecting their health and that's only happened once or twice over the past five, five years and it's always done with compassion and love so just be confident if you're sober curious or looking to, to quit alcohol for a period of time and more importantly don't judge people if they just want to go out and get completely trashed because it's it's their life well this is it as well I mean we spoke about in the last episode of, of this podcast we spoke about the fact that actually in it's not so much a problem when you say go and visit someone's home or you go to sort of a party that's at someone's home where there's alcohol there but there's also some soft drinks or there's some coffee or whatever and my dad will go to things now I mean my dad if you'd have asked my dad sort of 10 years ago Lyle when you get married what will be my situation at your wedding oh, I'll just drink loads of coffee for the entire day and that's all I'll do. He'd have laughed in my face and he probably would still be laughing now. And yet when I got married two and a half years ago, that's exactly what he did. Even when it came to the toasts, he was drinking coffee, he was drinking soft drinks because he'd had a very similar experience where he'd spoken to a medical professional and they'd said, look, yeah. if this doesn't sort of come to an end through your own actions, then things are going to get very, very difficult for you, et cetera, et cetera. But we spoke in the last episode of the podcast with the brilliant Bryony about the fact that in any other building, so I'm talking about a pub here, for example, in any other building that sells you something you can consume, so a coffee shop, I spoke about a fish and chip shop, but a fast food restaurant, if you went into a coffee shop and ordered a coffee, but someone next to you ordered a juice or just got a pastry, you wouldn't look to them and go, well, you're not having a coffee, you're in a blooming coffee shop. If you went into a fish and chip shop and someone else ordered fish and chips but you wanted something slightly different no one would turn to you and go what you're not having fish this is a blooming fish and chip shop and yet there still mm. is this kind of you walk into a pub and you say and you're with the lads or whatever you're with your mates and they'll go pint 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 and you go lemonade please there is even among in the most supportive friendship groups there is a little yeah <clears throat> you're not having a pint and and that's okay but it does it's a really brilliant point you make because it's it does work both ways because there are some people i'm sure out there through no fault of their own who it's pint 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 they'll order a lemonade and then they'll be the ones who go drinking are we Do you know what i mean it's important like this 
has been a judgmental space, whichever side of the coin you fall on far, far too long. And actually it's a personal choice. It's all down to people's personal preferences, what their own experiences are. And we spoke with Brian in and you've articulated it brilliantly as well, Ben, like we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, be it sort of in the short term or in the long term. We don't know the reasons why. And it's healthy to just sort of be there supportive and be basically in the moment when it comes to these situations and just enjoy a social situation for what it is, which is friends getting together and having good conversations and catching up as opposed to what's going on when it comes to this and that and the other. I think, I think it's a really, really excellent point you make. When you realised yeah. when that sort of point came, had because you and I come from a very similar background. We've had our careers have run parallel. We pretty much gave up at around the same time. Stopped, I should say. I don't know where I'm picking up this gave up thing. Anyway, when you you were going through a divorce and everything else, do you think that, and I often ask myself this question, do you think that you would have carried on drinking quite a lot if your consumption hadn't been spiked by that awful circumstance that you were going through? Well, I fall into that 4.5%, so I think it would have progressed anyway. You know, mm. I think it would have progressed anyway. It just, I think what happens is if you've got a problematic relationship with alcohol, it's a progressive illness, so to speak. There's different mm. types of illness, disease. I mean, it's all it's all still quite wishy-washy because it's still actually quite an under-researched topic. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I think if, even if I hadn't got divorced and I was happily married, I think it still would have progressed because... Nature, nurture, you know, there's there's definitely alcoholism in my family. And I think it... That was my next question. Do you think yeah, it's genetic? A, yeah, well, I think I have met people who suffer from addiction issues where they're the first in the family. So it's kind of like, it's difficult to kind of... I just know, looking at my family tree, it's already killed a dad, a granddad and an uncle. So that isn't more than enough evidence for me at 42 to kind of go, do you know what? I, you know, I came to a bit of a crossroads and a kind of lot happened at that point. I'm, I met my now wife. I quit corporate and started Kiln. I stopped drinking. I knew that there was kind of like one one path or another coming up to me. And I think 42 is a, I know a few people that got sober at 42. I don't know what it is about that age, but I think it's kind of like when you kind of get into the midway point, it's almost like your subconscious or something kicks in and goes, do you want to carry on and, you know, mm-hmm. see where that's going to take you? Or do you, have you had enough and looking at building a life that doesn't have drugs and alcohol in it? And I, I took the latter option. But, yeah, my personal situation is, you know, I've seen alcohol, not just family, actually, but also friends, people I've worked with. Mm-hmm. I've worked with at VNU. He ended up dying pretty much from alcohol-related illness. His wife just found him dead one day, you know, God rest. I won't say his name, but he was a he was a great man. So I've seen the really horrible side of it. And I think a, a lot of people don't, and that's fine. Look, there's a lot of people, out, majority of people out there have a good relationship with alcohol and crack on, you know, have a, have a good time. You know, I'm out with my mates and they're getting up to all sorts. And I, I love it because they're being themselves and we can all have a laugh. You know, I'm not the boring one that kind of goes, oh, mate, you know, have you, uh, are you sure you want to? <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. You know, let exactly. them crack on. As long as they're not causing harm to, to anyone else, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. But keeping in your car. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for me, you know, I just decided based on what had happened in my family to, to call time on it. And um, 
given the past five years, I've had to work with big clients, startups, innovation projects, really intellectual, challenging stuff. There is no way I could have done the last five years anything but sober. No way. I couldn't have done it. This was going to be actually my next question, which is I'm so glad you've kind of got onto that point as well. And, and thank you again for just being so honest. And and like you say, I mean, I think you and I and, and Jackie as well, to be fair. But I mean, I, I see I see a lot of sort of similarities in my own sort of familial situation so far as, you know, I've got you know, my dad suffered with it in the past. He, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this as well, but my brother has had problems with it as well. My youngest brother, well, my not my youngest brother, my middle brother, my uncle as well. And and you do start to see patterns. And, you know, obviously there will be debates about the genetics of it and sort of how it's passed down and what have you. And there is maybe something in that, but it's when you start to see patterns and love the way you articulated that as well, sort of reaching a crossroads and sort of almost breaking a cycle and things like that. I think that's really, really brilliant. But I'm really glad you got onto this sort of last five years and obviously the formation of Kill and you setting up your own business because, you know, it doesn't always happen this way, but it's kind of in a beautiful way. And that's the word for it, in a beautiful way. It has, they, the two have coincided quite perfectly. Kiln gets created and you also go sober and they've both been a thing for the last five years. I mean, was that, what was the order? What way round? And also, I mean, how have you seen the business side of your life change from a sober perspective to and running a business as someone who you know isn't involved with alcohol and has completely changed their relationship with alcohol relative to how you worked in the corporate world and not running a business but being someone who was still still consuming alcohol so um they pretty much happened at the same time and it wasn't by design it was kind of like just a lot of things happened at once i was exiting from a job the employer will remain nameless, but they were very helpful in getting me to that point, and I'll be forever grateful to them. And I guess my when I was trying to figure stuff out because it was all it, I was coming off the back of a messy couple of years with divorce and all that stuff. And my my now wife, then partner, she was like, "What do you want to do?" Because I don't know if I had like I don't know if I wanted to do another corporate job. And I'd I'd actually been toying with the idea of starting my own business for quite some time, but didn't really have the emotional support to kind of see it through. And my now wife said, "Give it a." She had a really well paid job, and I was living with uh, then her flat, her apartment in Hackney. And she said, "Look, give it a shot. Give it a year, and if it doesn't work out, go and get a job." And I was like, "Yeah, okay." That sounds like a really good deal. And then I haven't looked back. So they kind of like happened. One couldn't have happened without the other and the other probably wouldn't have mm. happened. It was kind of like, I haven't really kind of analysed it too much, but there's no way I probably would have had the clarity of thought to start a business and grow it to the point where it is now if I hadn't I got... And so through lockdown. And through lockdown. God, yeah. God, there's been... Do you know what? Over the past five years, I've dealt with the threat of litigation. I've dealt with... Two very bad acting clients. I've dealt with lockdown and a bunch of other stuff as well. And me. <laughs> arguably top of the tree. I mean, I don't want to throw her under the bus, but arguably top of the tree. A bit joking aside. I, I mean, I suppose I suppose what you're about to say, all sober. All sober, but the what happens is if when you get sober, because we're all guilty of this. I mean, we're, all, we're humans. We're all emotional. We all get pissed off by people. But I think what's happened over 
the past five years is I've just not reacted in the same way that I would prior to getting sober. And I think this this is the this is the good stuff that people don't don't really talk about. Pre-sober Ben, I'll just get wound up about anything. Like you could do anything and it would just piss me off. And it was all my ego and it was just all that just feeling bad. It was I was just feeling shit about myself by that point. Once you kind of and I'm talking really here to the people that have got like problem relationship with alcohol when you get when you get sober what happens is bit by bit day by day chunk by chunk you kind of thaw out a bit and you grow up and you're calmer you're just more much more pragmatic a lot more reasonable you know you're much more on the ball just in general in general you're calm and Mary Keane Dawson who's a really good friend of mine I've been a client of hers she's worked with me you know she always says how calm I am and it's not like something that I'm trying to work on it just I think once I've thought out thought out and grown up you're just a bit more calmer to be around and I think what happens is and it's good for this sort of line of work that I do where I have to kind of work with lots of very different personalities lots and usually I'm the middle guy because I'm a product manager so I'm usually the middle guy so I'm kind of in the middle of everything and not taking stuff personally you know being able to understand before you respond to something and it not coming from a place of ego because no one's gonna really piss me off that much that I need to be resentful or annoyed at them it's only work at the end of the day in the big grand scheme of things you know all we're doing is building digital products that are monetized with ads or subs or e-commerce come on you know we're not we're not on the front line nhs is so kind of like <laughs> I, I take I, I love what i do I'm, i take my job and my role very seriously but at the same time i've kind of got like a more i don't know a more laissez-faire attitude to life in general now because i feel good about myself and and I think that's a reflection on the relationships that I've got now. You know, I think, you know, I was just with my family this weekend. That was brilliant. Me and the wife were just about to buy a house in Kemptown in Brighton. And that's that's just every day showing up consistency. In fact, I'll finish on that. Mm. It's the consistency that's been the game changer for me. No hangovers, no lost days. You know, yeah, I get ill or I'll, I'll be a bit low on energy one day because I haven't slept well or I might have had some bad news in my personal life that takes a bit of time to recover from. But in general, you know, the amount of days I was losing to, to hangovers was insane. And then and then just not being present as well because I was coming down or it was a big, big hangover. You know, that's that's really what's changed. Yeah, it's also incredibly liberating to know that you can do anything really before I was definitely building my life around whether I was going to drink somewhere well I knew I was going to drink somewhere so it was like can I get the the transport back you know how do I sort out all sorts of different things everything was revolving around alcohol so I think you get your liberation and the one thing I don't know if you got this was the fear has gone I used to have this trepidation constantly they used to call it beer fear yeah. the beer fear it's and it rises up in you and from the moment you get up in the morning to the time you go to bed it's there and it's just and you drink it away and it's mm. horrific mm. um and i love living without the fear it's, it's all absolutely spot on and actually i think just something you've you've both touched on there really is like you know when i had my 
I, I kind of continually call it an episode and you know maybe it's just because I'm so used to saying the word episode because I host not one but two now podcasts I'm just so used to saying the word episode <laughs> every other thing's an episode of something but I had like an episode sort of middle of last year at a friend of mine's wedding which I've spoken quite a lot about and I'm, I'm very happy to be very open about it but a lot of the guilt I felt afterwards mm-hmm. was born out of my behavior and how I acted but then when the dust settled and I took my six week more or less break from alcohol and allowed the dust to settle and allowed things to really kind of shift and my perspective to kind of take a different shape I realized that actually the behavior was one thing but actually how my ego reacted to alcohol how my personality reacted how I was taking everything very very seriously and in that moment in particular but actually I remembered previous examples of this as well where it didn't quite lead to the same extent of an episode but there were little kind of flashpoints was like you know how offended and how personally I was taking everything because yeah. I couldn't see like that there was that kind of immediacy of response as opposed to that positive passive is seen as a derisory word but kind of that passive voice in my head when I was sober going hang on a minute Lyle, like these are your friends these are your family like these are people who love you and you love them they're never in a million years turning around and making this about you and making a kind of derisory or derogatory point about you at your expense it's yeah. all in jest it's all part of the social experience and you have changed and your ego is responding to it in a in a slightly different way and I suppose what I'm coming to with this is that a lot is often made rightly don't get me wrong but a lot is often made about the physical benefits the health benefits of not drinking lots is often made of you know and you have experience of this you know when, when you spoke to that medical professional when my dad spoke to, to someone at the doctors as well I'm sure Jackie as well I've had this as well doctors will often say that there are physical benefits health benefits to not drinking but it's it's those psychological ones that I'm really really mm. keen to not preach about but really really keen to kind of discuss and really open the book on a lot more as, as this podcast progresses because I just thought the way you articulate both of you articulated that kind of the beer fear, the waking up, the, you know, being trepidatious about it, you know, that have that, that feeling of anticipation in, in a negative way, but also this idea of your ego having changed, you know, everyone has an ego, everyone has that sort of side to their personality, but it being clearer and calmer is just a really, really excellent way of looking at it, I think. I remember um, seeing an interview with Kano a couple of years ago now, and he was talking about when he mentors artists and musicians it's the basics you know because these are usually kids that have come from the streets and they've uh they're breaking through and he's like are you drinking enough water are you getting enough sleep like the basics and fast forward to today like when i'm when i'm mentoring and i do mentor quite a bit i can very quickly understand if someone's talking to me about their relationship with drugs and alcohol whether they've got a, a problem or not and for the look for the ones that don't have a problem i'll just say look just have a healthy relationship with it. Try and drink maximum two nights a week, right? Don't drink on your own. There's no point. Don't drink to blackout. And, you know, you'll probably have a good, healthy relationship with alcohol. Do you know what I mean? Because you'll enjoy it. Mm. You'll enjoy the night out. Because people can develop bad habits. The problem with, and I've, I found this out, the problem with drinking alcohol to reduce stress levels that's one of the most vicious cycles you can actually get in because alcohol, you know, you just need to Google it, the impact it has on your anxiety levels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you get into this loop and you get into anxiety, depression, you know, your sleep's bad and then your mental health starts to get impacted. And I think, you know, anyone that's 
suffering from mental health episodes at the moment and you're still drinking, I would recommend coming off the alcohol for a while and the rest and just let your nervous system reset. And then you can start to unpick what might be underneath some of the mental. I'm hearing this month, you know, it's January's tough for people with mental health issues. You know, I've heard of a, a few instances where people indirectly and directly are, are suffering from, from mental health at the moment. You know, just remove anything that might have a negative impact on your mental health. Look at diet, look at sleep, look at exercise, the basics. And try and rebuild your mental health back up because there's nothing worse than, you know, like dreading going to work on a Monday or worrying about the fact that you might have said something to upset someone. Remove these obstacles and life is just, you know, easier. Much easier. Yeah. Much easier. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, I think, honestly, just the way it's so nice as well and like, don't get me wrong, this we hope will always be the case, but it's so nice to have someone who we've spoken to before and obviously Ben like you say you've known Jackie for a long long time as well where like the comfort levels as well to talk about this and as a result you know it's not always the case either but the way Jackie obviously I, I know I've hosted podcasts with you for two years almost now but Ben the way you articulate these things as well is just it's a real breath of fresh air and it's sort of it's something we really want mm. to foster here is this sort of open conversations about these things. And, and also we've had a laugh, right. You know what I mean? We've had a laugh about sort of saying, you know, I, I love that in between these like sort of brilliantly articulated points, you say, yeah, but I still go out and like, you know, friends of mine still get up to this thing yeah. and the other, and it's okay. And like this, like kind of non-judgmental atmosphere that we're trying to generate, not just here on the podcast, but obviously hopefully foster so that people, when they go out and, and sort of live their lives in the in the real world as it were not just in the sort of digital podcast space can sort of adopt these things as well yeah. honestly on behalf of jackie and myself ben thank you so so much for just being so open and, and comfortable it's, it's pretty we'd love to have you back on as well to sort of talk hey, just, because you know I'm, you know i'm not i'm not uh hard to get hold of so i'd love to come back on once you've got a few episodes under your belt but i'm really grateful to be on your first episode of this uh, new format Thank you so thank much, honestly, you. mate. Honestly, really appreciate it. Listeners, just before you let you go, obviously a massive thank you to Ben and Jackie as ever. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so. Info at therestisalcohol.com. Also info at demozo.com. We'll respond to both of those email addresses. You can get in touch with us as well via the Demoso social media channels on X, Instagram. We're also starting to forge a bit of a TikTok presence as well. Bit apprehensive, bit trepidatious. <laughs> Getting not the beer fear, but like the TikTok fear. There'll be a rhyme I can come up with there. TikTok shop. We'll go with that. Uh, we'll go with that for the time being. I quite like that. That that that'll work. But also, you can also head to our website as well. The rest is alcohol.com. We would love to have you there. There's going to be all sorts of resources on there as well that you can look at in whatever situation you find yourself in. Whether it's just your interest in this, or it's something you have experience of and you want to add to it, or if it's something that you're currently experiencing now and you're having some trouble with it and you want to get in touch with us all of those things will be available via our website but in the meantime listeners it's obviously a massive thank you to ben who's been an absolutely wonderful guest on this episode of the rest is alcohol from ben from jackie and from myself take care of yourselves we'll see you very soon it's bye for now